we are so excited to be back. We love it here. It feels like a home away from home. Marion was our home, was my home for 26 years. And I just, I love this city. I believe in this city. I believe in what God's doing here. I believe that God is rewriting Marion's story and that we are going to see it marked for Jesus. And I believe that this house is a big part of that. I believe that you guys have incredible pastors who have an amazing daughter who I absolutely adore. And um, it's just a gift to get to be here with you guys today. But I was, as I was sitting during worship, I felt the Lord say, before I get into my message, I want to share this. I felt the Lord say that we are sitting in an open heavens. And I believe that the Lord has taken the cap off this morning and that he wants to do miracles in the house today. And so I just want to encourage you as we go throughout this message and as I share, if you came in here hurting and broken, if you came in here with a need in your body that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is here and that he wants to heal you and he wants to set you free. I believe that God has called us to walk in victory, that we are the head and not the tail, that we are above and not beneath, and that is what we are defined by. And so if you feel anything other than that this morning, I just want to encourage you, don't leave here the same way that you walked in, because he's here, and he wants to encounter you, and he wants to set you free, and he wants to make you whole. Amen? I want to pray real fast, and then I'm going to dive into my message. We are coming off. We, so how many of you in here know Alive Festival? Not that many of you guys. It's amazing. Okay, you got to go next year. Okay, it's a festival with Christian artists and um, our ministry leaders that we run with up in the Canton area. They have a ministry called Reach One, and they did these student experiences, which were just like off the hook amazing. If you know young people, get them there next year. We just set a time Thursday through Saturday, and these students, they just helped them to go after Jesus. They went out and they evangelized. There was one kid on my evangelism team that was as young as 10 years old praying for people, leading people to the feet of Jesus. It was just an incredible time. But I chose fashion over comfort, and my feet hurt. And so I typically move around a lot, but I don't know if I'll be able to because I have blisters on my feet this morning. But I am excited and just really encouraged off of the time that we spent there. And I really believe that the same things that happened there, that we're going to see similar things here. And so, I, but I want to talk to you guys about tending to the garden of our hearts. I believe that it's something that God has called every single believer to do. But before I dive into that, I want to pray. Father, I just thank you so much for your presence, for your goodness, for your kindness. I thank you that you are here with us, that you are in the midst of us, that you are speaking to us now, even if we don't realize it. And I just ask that you would help us to come to you with a posture of an open heart, Jesus, that you would come and meet us wherever we're at, God, no matter what we walked in with, no matter what we're experiencing, no matter what we're going through, God, that you would break through all of that and you would just sit with your children this morning, Father, that you would help us to leave here more whole than what we walked in, more free than what we walked in and that we would leave with a greater knowledge of who you are and who you've called us to be. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. So this message that I'm preaching this morning, I wanted to let you know it'll be a little bit of a roller coaster. You might feel like I'm being a little bit harder, but I promise you I'm going to get us there and you're going to feel good by the end of it, okay? So don't give up on me right yet. And 
I just want you guys to know, I enjoy you to talk with me, okay? I want you to imagine, like, Pastor Tom, they always, it feels like a living room environment in here. You got to talk back to me, okay? I grew up Pentecostal roots where people shouted down, and I enjoy that. So I would love for you guys to communicate with me. But I want to talk to you about tending to the garden of our hearts. In the last couple years, I've learned a little bit about gardening. How many of you here garden? Oh my goodness, so many of you guys. Do you love it? I don't. So gardening (laughs) is one of those things that takes consistency. It takes time. It takes patience. It takes effort. And those are just not things that I'm graced with. Like, I don't want to wait a whole year before I get to see the harvest of something. And there are many things that we have to wait on. Well, in the last year, like I said, last really three years, we moved into a house that has this huge bed in the back. And the guy who lived there before us, he planted all of these beautiful flowers, created this wonderful garden, and then me and Nathan will put in charge of it. And really, we barely, honestly with you guys, like barely even mowed our grass properly before we moved there. Like we were those neighbors that maybe let it get a little bit higher than it should have. And then suddenly we were put in care of this garden. And our first summer there, we went out back and it was so beautiful when we moved in. And then after about a month, we saw weeds start to sprout up. And I thought, okay, we're going to have to take care of that. But again, we had never had a garden or a space that we had to take care of. And so we didn't realize how fast weeds grow. And before we knew it, the weeds were like the size of our children. Like literally, like in Marion, I've never seen weeds this big. I kid you not, guys. They came up to like right here. They were insane in a matter of three weeks. And the Lord began to speak to me about weeds and about the process of our life and the process of our heart. Because see, I believe that just as our gardens and our backyards are full of beautiful things that feed us, that nourish us, that give us a place to go out and look at their beauty, that we have those same things in our heart. We have things that God has placed inside of us, that he is nourishing, that he is growing, that will become shelter for generations to come. But at the same time, there is a world that is trying to place things inside of our hearts. Things that begin to take root, and before we know it, they're overgrown. And before we know it, we have things in our heart, and we don't even understand how we got there. And I believe that this is talked about in Song of Solomon, chapter 2. And so if you have your Bibles, I want you to turn there. Song of Solomon is one of those books that we typically don't preach out of. How many of you are familiar with the writer of Song of Solomon? It was um, King Solomon. He was David's son, and he was an incredible king. He, the Lord visited him and asked him what he, what he wanted. He said, you can have whatever it is that you want. And he said, I want wisdom. And so when we open up the Song of Solomon's, or Solomon, as me and Pastor Tom say, um, we're not just reading a love story. It's not just poetry writing, but it's a book that is full of wisdom. If we would read it with the Holy Spirit, we will find that it has so many truths and directions for our life. And so I want us, just this first verse that we're going to be reading out of today is um, in chapter 2, verse 15. It says, Catch us the foxes, the little foxes that spoil the vines, for our vines have tender grapes. 
Now, when we're talking about foxes and grapes, I want us to view the foxes as the weeds. And we're talking about grapes, I want us to view it as the things that the Lord has placed in our life. And so as we begin to dive into what I feel like the Lord has spoken through this verse, I want you guys to begin to picture your heart. I want you to begin to see it as a garden. And I want you to begin to evaluate what's inside of there. I want us to do a heart check this morning. I want us to get real. Because something I say every time that I come here, it's something that I live by, is that when we get honest with God, it gives place for him to transform our life. And so this morning, I want us to get really, really honest because I believe that that is when change happens. That is when we see victory. That is when we see God do what only he can do. But he can't do it if we're not willing to get real with him. So when we're talking about the foxes, what are the foxes? In the church, I feel like we talk about the really big sins, right? We talk about the things such as pornography, addiction, all of these different things that we say, you know, don't do this, don't lie, don't gossip, don't do all of these different things. We have our do's and our don'ts. But that's not what I'm talking about this morning when I talk about the foxes. Because, see, I believe all of those things are just seeds that are full-grown. I believe that the enemy comes in through situations in our life and he begins to whisper to us and a seed is planted. See, to me, I believe that the little foxes are jealousy. I believe that the little foxes are anger. I believe that they're disappointment, unforgiveness. Because see, what the enemy does is he comes in in situations. Maybe somebody mistreated us. I get that. Somebody came and said something to us that they shouldn't, and suddenly we're at a crossroads of what we're going to do with it. Are we going to be offended, or are we going to let the Lord lead that moment? Or maybe, you know, guys, I'm going to be real. Anger has been a big thing for me. I've struggled. Most people don't realize it. People meet me and Nathan, and they're like, oh, my goodness, Hannah is so sweet, and she's so calm. And, like, I just can't even imagine Hannah even being angry. And Nathan is probably the hothead. No, it's the opposite. <laughs> like, I have struggled with anger for a lot of my childhood, a lot of my childhood, because there was a moment in my life where I got offended. I got offended at God, I got offended at people, I got offended at the church, because can we be real? I once heard someone say, like, the church is full of the nicest people you'll ever meet and the meanest people you'll ever meet. Why? Because it's a house for the broken. And so just because we're sitting in here doesn't mean that we're whole. doesn't mean that we look like Jesus all the time. It doesn't mean that we always choose to do the right thing, which means that this is a perfect environment that if we're not careful, we'll get hurt. And then we'll place that on Jesus, and then we'll walk around in offense and bitterness, and we'll place that on every single person in the church. Because that's what happens. The enemy comes in through these little things in our life. But see, I believe just as much as the enemy places little things in our life, I believe that he also, the Lord also places beautiful things. I believe that every one of you sitting in this room today has a calling from God. I believe that you have dreams that he's placed inside of you, things that you will do for him that only you can do. Because we are all created in his image, but none of us are alike. What does that mean? You're the only one that can show the part of God that you carry because you are the only one who has your story. 
See, just as certain plants have to be placed in certain soil in order to grow into all that they are meant to be, each one of us has been raised in a specific soil. We have specific experiences, specific things that we've walked through, things that have made us who we are, and we are the only one who can shine that way in the world. But do you know what happens with weeds? Do you know how weeds take over an entire bed? How it starts out is they start out by simply stealing the nutrients and stealing the water from the plants around them. And then eventually what happens is they grow up bigger, big enough and then they begin to steal the sun. And before you know it, that plant doesn't have anything that it needs to survive. And that's exactly what happens when our walk with the Lord. We have these dreams. Do you know, do you ever like look at people who start out on fire for the Lord? Have you ever heard anybody, anybody say this? Like, just wait till you're like 15 years saved and you'll chill out a little bit. Just wait until you've walked with the Lord long enough and you won't be so passionate anymore. How crazy is that? Like the longer I'm married to Nathan, the more that I love him. I love him more today than I did the day that I said I do to him. And it's no different with the Lord. We should be more crazy for the Lord than we were the day that we said yes to him. But what happens is, is there are moments and situations and things that happen to us. And the dreams that we once had with the fire that we once had begins to get a little bit, you know, an offense comes and a little bit of our water's taken. We have a moment where we get so angry and we cross lines that we don't want to cross. And then condemnation comes, which is from the devil, guys. And before we know it, we don't see ourselves correctly. And we start to lose a little bit of our nutrients. And then before we know it, this cloud of offense, this root of discouragement is shining brighter than the Lord's love for us. And it's all we can see. I mean, I want you to imagine right now, if I had Nathan come stand next to me, we did this as an example very similar to this the last time I was here. If he was standing in front of me, I couldn't see you. I couldn't receive, right? And that's what offense does. It becomes so big. But this is the other thing that the weeds do. There are specific weeds that come and they release specific kinds of toxins that kill the plants around it. And see, guys, I believe that the little foxes become so toxic in our life that it begins to steal and kill all the good things that God has for us. Like a fence is one of the most tolerated things in the church, and it's insane to me because it's one of the most toxic things that we can walk in. Why? Because when I become offended, then I begin to leak that into every single one of my relationships. I begin to place what a person did to, on, to me on God and to everybody in my life. Unforgiveness, it's no different. I mean, have you ever met somebody before where you talk to them and it feels like all they sound like is negative? You know what I mean? Like we all can think of that person that it's like, man, whenever I talk to them, it's like negative all the time. What is that? That's a root of bitterness in someone's life that has grown so big that whenever they come into contact with somebody else, they begin to release that toxicness all over everybody. It leaks into absolutely everything. 
And now I want to say this because I know what I'm talking about sounds like I'm talking a little bit harshly. I don't usually preach these kind of messages. I love to share my story and I love to talk about the goodness of God and I love to talk about his kindness because I believe it's what changes and transforms us. But I believe that God is calling the body of Christ higher. Because I believe that in order for us to see what we are meant to see in the last days, in order for us to stand and to move in the power by which he's called us to move in, there are things that we can no longer carry with us. See, I believe that if we're honest, there are some of us in this room that have been carrying things for way too long. And I get that. I carried for 17 years a hurt that happened to me when I was three years old. And that sounds absurd, right? Like, how do you carry a pain for that long over something that happened back then? But it was a seed. When my dad left, I let that define me for years. I believed that I wasn't good enough. I believed that I wasn't worthy enough. I believed that I wasn't wanted. All because of a mistake that one person did. But that's how the enemy works. And now do I believe I want to make this clear, that because you have a moment of anger that you're sinning, no. Do I believe because you have a moment where you feel bitter or you feel frustrated or you feel jealousy or you feel offense towards somebody that that means that we're sinning? No. Jesus said offenses are going to come. The Bible says that we can be angry, but we don't sin in our anger right? These things are going to come, but I believe what God is calling us to do is to reach a place of maturity in Christ, that when those things come, that we take them to him and we let him deal with it instead of dealing with it on our own. And I believe that the reason why this is, is something that Jesus addresses in Matthew. And so I want us to get ready and to turn there. We're going to turn to um, Matthew 5 specifically in verse uh, 20 and 21. I'll give you guys time. Starting in verse 20, For I say to you that unless your righteousness exceeds the righteousness of the scribes and Pharisees, you will be by no means enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that it was said, to those of old, you shall not murder, and whoever murders will be in danger of the judgment. On to verse 22. But I say to you that whoever is angry with his brother without a cause shall be in danger of the judgment, and whoever says to his brother, Raka, shall be in danger of the council. But whoever says, you fool, shall be in danger of hellfire. Anybody read that and be like, that's a little bit extreme, Jesus. Like, that's a little bit intense, right? We can read it, and we can feel the silence in the room because it's a heavy scripture to read. But why did Jesus say that? Because what Jesus is addressing here is that in the Old Testament, it was all about the do's and don'ts, right? It was all about what we're so not what we're supposed to do and what we're not supposed to do. If you follow all of these laws and you do all the right things, then you are qualified as good then you are qualified as being holy and as being righteous. But Jesus came and demolished all of that, right? We know that the Bible says that it's not our righteousness, that our righteousness is his filthy rags, but we have his righteousness. But what Jesus is addressing here is he's saying, look, guys, 
For years and years and years, you have focused on the outside. You focused on doing all the right things, saying the right things, putting on the right mask, smiling at the right time, saying you're okay when you're not okay, saying that life is good when it's not good, pretending like things are going well when they're not going well. But in your hearts, it's a mess. And now under the new covenant, it starts with your heart. Why? Because in your heart is where the seeds are planted. The Bible says that our heart is a wellspring of life. It's where all life flows from, all that we are. Though a man thinks in his heart, he is. See, the way that we think about things and situations matters so much, but it all starts with seeds and how we deal with those seeds when they come. Because can we be real? We all get angry, right? Can we be honest? We all have moments where we can get offended. The Bible promises it. We all have moments where we can look at people and think, you know what, I really don't like that person. Like, can we be really real? I know we say, like, we love everybody, but it doesn't mean that there aren't people that just, like, grind your gears. Or there aren't people, you know, like, I, when I talk about a person who's negative, I have a person in my head who I have to be very intentional to call because I know when I call her, she's going to share all the negative things that are going on in her life. And it's heavy. And it's hard. And she wants to talk bad about everybody. And I don't want to do that because it's not good for my heart and it's not good for my soul. We know people like that, but if we're honest, there are times that we are those people. Because it's often the things that we see in other people that frustrate us, that are a reflection of the things inside of our own life that need to be changed. Oftentimes that person that, that bothers you so much probably carries something about yourself that you don't love. And I believe that Jesus begins to address here that we have to look at our heart. We have to look at our heart. Because no, maybe we're not walking in addiction, or maybe we are. But maybe you're not out sinning every day. But if the seed's there, there's always the potential for it. And the thing about seeds of bitterness, about seeds of jealousy, is they spring up faster than we expect them to and they take over more than we're willing to give them. You know, it's like when you, we know I have an addiction story. I walked in addiction for around five years. And I always tell people, like, I walked through addiction from, I started um, as a teenager and was off by age 17, but, you know, I'm like, I didn't grow up and say, I want to be an addict. When I grew up, I want to be a heroin addict. No. I used to dream of being a microbiologist. My mom has lupus and I wanted to go to the University of UCLA and I wanted to be the very first person to ever cure lupus. That was my dream. But what happened is, is I had a seed inside of my heart that I didn't deal with. And because I didn't deal with that seed before I knew it, that seed took over my life. And it was the only thing I could see life through. When I looked at people, I just saw them as people that could potentially hurt me. When I came to the church, I just saw everybody that seemed to have it together, but their lives, it, it, it seemed unattainable. It seemed fake. I heard about the goodness of God, right? Sandy was my children's church pastor. She's amazing. Give her a round of applause. 
But I can remember, I would come in every single Sunday morning, and the big thing that they said to us is, Jesus loves you. Jesus loves you so much. Those were beautiful words, right? I believe it's the greatest revelation that any one of us will ever receive is how much he loves us. But in my heart, I thought, how could he love me and let me walk through what he's had me walk through? Why? Because there was a seed of bitterness, a seed of disappointment, because he didn't show up how I thought he should, and he didn't do what I thought he should do. And so before I knew it, even though I heard the truth, I couldn't receive the truth because the reed had to be uprooted. But how do we uproot the reeds? We uproot the weeds by the word of God. The Bible says, Jesus said, that we will know the truth and the truth will set us free. What is truth? Truth is the word of God. When we get in this Bible and we begin to let it renew our mind, when we have those thoughts, when we get offended, when that person comes to us and does something that they shouldn't do or we experience something that we shouldn't experience, we get in the word of God and we say, okay, God, what do you say about this? What do you say about this? Oh, you say that I'm supposed to forgive. 70 times 7. Okay. Jesus, help me forgive. Because it's not easy. And what they did really hurt. And it was really painful. And I don't understand it. But I know that my sin puts you on the cross just as much as theirs did. So help me forgive them. When anxiety and fear come, Oh, the board says that perfect love casts out all fear. Okay, Jesus, I'm so riddled with anxiety. I'm so riddled with fear. Let me see your perfect love. Jesus, remind me how much you love me because right now I'm not seeing it. Because if I was seeing it, I wouldn't be full of anxiety and fear. And that's hard sometimes, and I get it, guys. I experienced anxiety for a long time. My mom could tell you if I heard a disease as a child, I thought I had it. At six years old, I woke her up and I said, Mom, I'm having a brain aneurysm. And she said, Hannah, no, you're not. You wouldn't be waking me up. But what helped me through that is when I began to realize that he loved me enough to keep me. But I couldn't get to that conclusion on my own. I only got there by understanding what his word said and what he said. When I face bitterness, guys, I believe that all bitterness is just our inability to see them through the lens of Christ. And if we're bitter towards God, it's our inability to see how present he's been, guys. If God never does another thing for us, saving our soul was enough. Saving our soul was enough. The cross was enough. The beauty of Jesus is enough. And sometimes that's not the fun thing to hear, right? The fun thing to hear is how loved we are. The fun thing to hear is how he sees us. But the truth of it is, is that we are meant to be salt and light in the world. But we can't be salt and light if we're carrying things that cause us to look just like the world. Why would they want our Jesus if we're just as angry as them? Why would they want our Jesus if we're just as bitter as them? Why would they want our Jesus if we can't love each other? The Bible says that we would be known by our love for each other. And if we're honest, sometimes love is the hardest thing to do in the body of Christ. It's why we have so many churches. It's why we have so many denominations. And I get it, guys. I've been hurt by denomination. I understand it. I understand it. 
I know what it feels like to walk in the church and to feel judged. I know what it feels like to walk in here and to feel like people see you, but they see past you and they don't really love you. And I know that you guys have an amazing church here, but I'm talking about the hurts that sometimes we carry from decades ago. And I believe that today is the day that Jesus wants to set us free of that. That we get to walk lighter than we've ever walked. That joy would begin to be restored. That we would have a peace that passes all understanding. But I believe the only way that we get there is by the word of God. And the other part is friendship with Jesus. Guys, the Holy Spirit is the greatest gift that we could have received. Jesus said that it was better that he leave so that we would receive the Holy Spirit. I want you to think about that. If we had Jesus right in front of us right now, we could touch the nail scars in his hands. We could reach out and touch his face. We could hug him. And it was better that the tangible Jesus, that we could see him perform all the miracles in the world, Right, like if he was here right now, in his presence, there would be no more brokenness. There would be no more sickness. And it was better that he leave so that we could have the Holy Spirit. And it makes me emotional, guys, because I believe that the Holy Spirit is so special. And I believe that there are so many believers that are walking without him. And the reason why you're hurting and the reason why you're broken and the reason why you're angry is because you're missing a piece of the puzzle because we get to have the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead on the inside of us. I mean, think about that, guys. The same power. And when we see him and when we know him and we become friends with him, suddenly when people hurt us, it's like, Lord, they just don't know. If they knew, they wouldn't do it. If they knew, they wouldn't do it. And you know what? I've been there, and I haven't known. And I've hurt. And I've caused pain. And I've done things that I wished I would have never done. And so that person might be offending me. That person might be hurting me. But you know what? It's okay because I've been where they are. You know, I love this story. Nathan's dad shares this story about his aunt. And she had this girl in school who would bully her. And she would walk up, and she would like call her names and you know because his aunt was the christian girl and she was mean to her and she would walk up and and she just said one day she said you know what i'm just going to tell her jesus loves her and so the girl walks up to her and she starts going in and she said jesus loves you and the girl comes back and backhands her and she says jesus loves you and the girl breaks down and she starts crying because she hurt people hurt people and what that girl needed in that moment wasn't for her to get angry, right? Any of us that have roots that, like, grew up, like, I grew up fighting my brothers, right? Like, I'm going to be real with y'all. I got this part of me that, like, I'll throw hands. But, like, I got Jesus, so I can't, right? But, like, there's this part of me that's like, no, I'll throw hands, right? Like, my kid's in school, and I'm like, man, I got to, like, not go beat up any seven-year-olds on the playground. I really had a girl call her weird, and I was like, I'll beat that girl up. But, no, I won't, right? Because my flesh wants to get involved. But the truth of it is, is what we say to our kids is we say, sissy, not every girl gets to have the home that you have. Not every little girl gets to have the parents that you have. 
Not every little girl gets to go to bed tonight knowing that she's loved, knowing that she's cared about. And when people don't know that, they do things that they shouldn't do. And so today, I want to share a quote with you guys. Because though I'm talking about the little foxes, and we've talked about what those little foxes are, and we've talked about friendship with Jesus, and we've talked about the Word of God, and how we overcome those things. Because guys, I think sometimes we overcomplicate it. I truly believe, I saw this study that was talking about, they, uh, John Bevere shared it, uh, I didn't find the study on my own, but he said that they tracked people and they tracked them reading the Bible and how frequently they had to read the Bible before they saw the difference. And they read the Bible one day, no change. They read the Bible two days, didn't really see a difference. Three days, and they started to see a little bit of difference. And then by day four, the people saw an ins an, a high decrease in anxiety and fear and depression and all of these things. Sometimes we open up the word of God and it feels really overwhelming, right? Like my husband loves the prophets and I'm like, you're a little weird. I don't understand that. I open up the prophets and I'm like, what are they saying? I don't always get it. Sometimes that hurts my head. But what I've learned to trust is that even when my head doesn't get it, my heart does. There's something that's happening on the inside of me that I may not understand, but it's changing things inside of me that are going to help me walk in a level of victory. And so I'm going to show up, and I'm going to read my Bible, and I'm going to sit with Jesus. Because even if it feels weird, even if it doesn't make sense, I know it's doing something to my heart. But I believe more than anything that we can read the Bible, but apart from the Holy Spirit... I don't know how much it does. I think it just leads to self-righteousness. I think it leads to people that think really highly of themselves and don't understand the power by which the word is meant to transform that all of us, every single one of us in this room's righteousness is as filthy rags. I don't care how good you've been. I don't care what you've done. Your righteousness, filthy rags. None of us deserve it. But that's what makes him so good. So we need the Holy Spirit. But Charles Spurgeon said this thing. He said this thing. He said, if Christ has died for me, I cannot trifle with the evil that killed my best friend. And I want us to sit with this for a second. What killed Jesus? I mean, the, the killing of Jesus was the sin, Right? It was the external manifestation of the heart posture of the Pharisees. What killed Jesus was their anger, was their bitterness, because he shed light on the things that they didn't want light shed on. What caused Judas to betray Jesus? I would venture to say probably his love of money, probably because somehow he managed to walk with Jesus and never actually know him. Because that's another scary thing, guys. We can sit in this room and step in this space. And we can do all the things. Jesus, Judas walked with Jesus near about to the end. He walked with him every single day. Day in, day out. He saw the miracles. He saw Jesus' heart. He saw the kindness. He saw the love. But because... 
Somewhere along the line, something happened and a seed got in there and it prevented him from seeing Jesus for who Jesus really was. And I believe if we're honest, there are those of us in here today, and I'm not calling you a Judas, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that we're walking with seeds and maybe we're walking with full-blown weeds that are preventing us from doing all that God has called us to do. We're entertaining things that took Jesus to the cross. And that's why I love this quote. Because all anger dies there. All bitterness dies there. All frustration dies there. All sadness dies there. And so I just wanna ask you guys, I want you to bow your heads. And I want us just to take a moment and I want us to get really honest. You know, I say this, I have a, a leader in my life who says, transparency leads to transformation. When we get really, really honest with God, it gives him place to come in and do what only he can do and transform what only he can transform. And I know I can see it on some of your faces that there are those of you in this room and if you're honest, there's seeds and things that you've been carrying for way too long. And I'm gonna ask you to do something here in a second. I'm gonna ask you to be really, really bold. And it might be scary, maybe not. You guys do family here so well. But I believe that if you'll get honest today, that you'll walk out here and you won't be carrying that thing anymore. I believe that if you'll get honest today that you'll find freedom. Because the thing that I know about Jesus is that when he sets you free, he really sets you free. He leaves it as though it never was. He makes all things new and all things beautiful. It's who he is. It's impossible for him not to do it. It's just in his nature. And so if you're in this space today and you would be honest and you'd say, yeah, you know what, Hannah, when you're talking about roots of things, I've been carrying them in my heart. I just wanna ask you real fast to raise your hand, to be really honest, just to raise your hand. Thank you guys for those hands. And now I'm gonna ask you guys to do something that will probably feel like it stretches you a little bit. But I wanna ask those of you that raised your hand, and even if you didn't, but you're sitting in your seat and you can feel that in your heart. You can feel that part of you that's like, I wanna stand up, but I don't know. I don't know what people are gonna think of me. Who cares, guys? Nobody in this room is going to heaven with you. I mean, they are, but like nobody's gonna be standing on judgment day with you. Only you will. And so why carry something for any longer just because of what someone thinks? Who cares? Let it go. I wanna ask you guys to stand up and I wanna be able to pray over you guys. If you raised your hand, I just wanna ask you to stand up because I believe that when we begin to move, it's a tangible representation of a step of faith. Father, I just thank you for every person standing today, God.
I thank you for their vulnerability. I thank you for their honesty, God. I thank you for their hearts. Holy Spirit, I just ask that right now, Father, every root in their heart, God, every lie, every situation, Father, we just come against it right now in Jesus' name. And we ask that you would just take that thing out, God, and that you would replace it with truth, God. I ask that every person standing would know how loved they are, God. I ask, Holy Spirit, that you would begin to draw them even in the night, God that you would draw them into a deeper relationship with you, God, that they would step into such a place with you that that thing couldn't remain, that it wouldn't be watered anymore, that it would lose all of its nutrients, God, and that thing would begin to die right now in Jesus' name. I ask, Father, that you would just surround them with your peace. And I ask, Father, that as they leave here today, that they would leave lighter, that the truth would set their hearts free. And Holy Spirit, I pray that they would become your best friend. Because no matter how long we've served you, no longer how, no matter how long we've known you, there's still more to be known. There's a never ending supply of who you are. And so I ask that you would take them deeper and that your truth and your presence would so surround them that nothing else could remain. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. I just, if, if any of you would like, like, direct prayer, I just want to create, I know we need to close out. Um, I'll go ahead and pray so that, I'll pray us out so that some of you guys can leave if you need to. But if you want prayer directly, I just want to be able to create space up here for to be able to pray for you guys. And so, Jesus, we just ask that you would go with us as we leave today, that you would be with us for this week and that you would just encounter us, God, every step of the way, that we would come back fuller and deeper in you, Jesus and that you would just carry us until next week, that we would come back and just be, come back as, as deep wells together in your presence. In Jesus' name, amen.